Good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to Grace Point Virtual Church. We are so glad that you are here with us. Uh, today we're starting 2 Thessalonians. We'll be in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. We are kind of picking up our study from before. We concluded 1 Thessalonians before all the Christmas break. And now we're getting to 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1. I'm looking forward to it today. Um, if you just want to know, we, today we're going to take communion I, we try to put it in the email and just sort of make notifications so that you'd have a little bit of a heads up. So at the end of the service, we are going to conclude with communion. Either you can just walk through the whole service and then take communion on your own when you're finished. Um, but I do appreciate uh, the the notes that you all send in, the text messages, just just uh, commenting on the the video itself on Facebook or on uh, YouTube. Just letting us know that you're out there because it helps us to know uh, who we're uh, communicating with. And and so it's just good to keep you all in mind. Uh, we've been away for a long time now. Many of you I haven't seen in, you know, six months or so. And well, probably longer than that at this point. We're, we're going back to more like nine months. And so uh, without being able to see each other face to face, it's it's, you know, the old saying, out of sight, out of mind. And so by communicating by phone calls, text messages, comments. It really just helps us keep you in uh, the forefront of our thinking, especially for me as I'm teaching. It's, it's just nice to know who's out there as I sit here in a room and looking at a camera. It's, it's, a, it's a, a strange time we live in, but it's, it's become more and more normal. And so uh, if you'd like to join us in person, you can. We do meet outside and there's plenty of social distancing available. It's it's uh, uh, we we're just trying to do um, you know all things to all people, and and so we uh, hope this new year finds you doing well. We're going to pray, and then we'll look at our our Bible here uh, in a few minutes. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this this new year, Lord. As we start new years, there's traditions and things that. Uh, we, we can do that sort of cause us to pause and to reflect and just to evaluate our lives, our priorities, uh, the things that we are um, doing or not doing. And so, Father, we do pray that as we start this new year, you would help us to take inventory of our lives, that you would help us to, to, to prioritize our, our priorities, that we would be able to align things in our life with you and your word and, and just what you desire for us. And so we pray that through your spirit, you would lead us and guide us and just help us, Lord, to know the things that we should be placing as a priority in our life. We do pray for our families. We pray for our relationships with other people. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to grow in our faith and our relationship with you this year. For those of us that are continuing to, to read through the Bible and, and to do the chronological Bible this year, I pray that you would give us endurance and, and just to be able to, to get through it. I pray that you bless our time of fellowship and, and communicating with one another. Uh, Lord, we do thank you uh, for this time that we have to study your word now. We pray, Father, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, and that you would, uh, Lord, really speak to our hearts. We love you, Father, and we pray this in Christ's good name. Amen. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, open up to Second Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm going to read the first four verses. We're just going to ease into things a little bit here. Uh, <clears throat> first or Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse one. Paul and Silvanus and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as is only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged, and the love of each one of you toward one another grows ever greater. Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions, which you endure. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We ask that you would uh, use this time for your glory, for our benefit. May we honor you with our hearts, with our thinking now, clear us of distractions, and just allow your word to speak to us. We love you, Father, and we pray this in Christ's good name. Amen. All right, so as we start today, our, our aim is to orientate ourselves to, to, to 2 Thessalonians. We've gone through 1 Thessalonians. We learned back in 1 Thessalonians, just to remind you, in case you forgot, that 1 Thessalonians is one of Paul's earliest writings. We're not quite sure if 1 Thessalonians came first or the letter of Galatians, which is actually going to be our next book that we're going to start, or letter that we're, it's been described as a mini-Romans, and so probably in February... I think the second week in February, we will get into Galatians, and so I'm looking forward to that. Um, during that first letter, Paul had, he'd, he'd been, Acts tells us that Paul had made it to Thessal- Thessalonica. Uh, they started a church, they reached some people, they became Christians. It didn't take too long before Paul and this missionary team was, was run out of town, uh, harshly. And the conditions of, of Paul being run out of town that he could not return. And so here was this young church that Paul planted, and he wanted to be with them. He left before he desired to leave. And so then he, there was this aching in his heart, this longing to, to see them and to spend time with them. And so um, Paul eventually, after some time goes by, he sends Timothy back to, Galatia, or back to Thessalonica, to touch base with the church, see how they were doing, and, and they found good good news. They they were growing in in you know faith, hope, and love. These things they were they were persevering under the persecution. That uh, even though Paul didn't spend the amount of time that he wanted uh, nurturing and developing this young church, this young congregation, uh, he'd planted enough seeds in their lives that they were taking root and. The, the afflictions and persecutions that they were facing only strengthened them. And so it was really encouraging. And so Paul sends this letter, 1 Thessalonians, to them, just sort of encouraging them, prompting them in a couple areas that he uh, thought were needed. And, and then we believe about four to six months goes by between 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. He had received additional information, sort of checking up on them, the the idea that that he would send somebody back, Timothy or somebody, that would go back and sort of check on them. And and when news got back to Paul, he he got information that he wanted to respond to really quickly, um, that that he felt it was urgent. So on on one hand, he received good news. And the good news is that he learned that the persecution continued. And in, in light of this, their uh, faith in God continued to grow. Their love for one another continued to flourish. And so he's really 
grateful for that, that the fruit of the Spirit was still manifesting itself uh, within their lives. Now, on the other hand, he got some concerning news that is really the focus of Thessalonians that he needed to respond to quickly. So back in 1 Thessalonians, we covered, um, there, were, there was two sections there sort of back to back. I covered the first one and John Johnson covered the second one. He did a great job sort of dealing with the, the rapture of the church and then the day of the Lord. And so concerning this teaching of the day of the Lord in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, um, some teaching of this, it started to go sort of, it started to go off course. And, and Paul heard that teachers had been sending other letters and had been sending information to this church, and they were claiming that it came from the authority of Paul. And so they were, they were believing in it, sort of, they were so broken down and beat up and, and really just worn out by the abuse that they were taking that they were longing to, for, for Christ to return. And I think we felt a lot of that this year. And, and so in, in this sort of false teaching, the, the, the church sort of got led astray in, in their understanding of how they were to respond in light of the day of the Lord. I do think there's, a, there's going to be a lot in this letter, like uh, sort of uh, deeper theological stuff, but it's written to young believers. Um, and so he's going to cover these issues about Christ's return. But what had sort of, some of these, the, the, the things that had sort of impacted the church in Thessalonica is that as they taught, were taught about this, it caused them to do certain things like stop working and stop doing life. And basically, they were just literally like they were at a bus stop waiting for Christ to return. And so Paul needed to intervene quickly. We're not going to get into this today. We're just going to look at the first four verses and, and just ease in. Um, so begins in verse 1 with Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. Just like the previous letter, this was the church planting team that went in there initially. Uh, when you read ancient literature, it always begins with sort of the who the letter is to and who it's, it's from, or in the other way, who, who wrote it and then who it's to. Uh, sort of just the opposite. Like in, when we write a letter today, we, we say who it's to in the first line. We read the whole body of information, and at the, at the bottom, there's a, a signature identifying who the author is. And so during this time, letters would start with who's writing it. And so it's the same three men. We have Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. So often when we read these letters, we think Paul exclusively. We refer to Second Thessalonians and the various books of the Bible as like Paul's writings, that, that Paul was this, this powerhouse figure in the early church. Really, in the church today, so much of, that we know came from God, obviously, but, but through the pen of Paul. And so here we see that, that Paul sees ministry and what he's doing in this sort of this, this, this team capacity, that it was the three of them. It wasn't just Paul and Timothy, we know, came back and forth. And, and just seeing these three names, I'm reminded of the, the importance of, of teamwork and the, the value of, of the body throughout the New Testament. The, the church is never made up of of like a one-man show that, the, that any one person is a, is a linchpin in God's whole plan, that God has created the church as, as a body. He's given us each 
unique and special gifts that we are to use amongst one another uh, in the gathering of the body. And I'm so grateful uh, for our body that we do have such a, a wonderful team. And my prayer is that each of you would be able to serve and, and to use your gifts within the body of Grace Point Church. And so uh, he writes to the church of the Thessalonians in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the word church, this is reminded, so he writes to the church. The word church, it, it, it literally means the, the assembly or the gathering that the church was never designed to be in isolation. The church, what we have going on now through, um, you know, videoing, and it's this is an, an, like an exception. It's not what God has designed. I believe this passionately. Like we, we provide this service of these video sermons um, being identical to, or I can't say identical, they're as close to identical as possible as, as what we're doing live because we value, we understand these are unique circumstances. And, but we were never created as a church to, to, to be alone, to worship, uh, sort of removed from the body of Christ. And so the, the, to the church, this is the, the gathering, the assembly of, of believers. When the believers came together, that's what makes up the, the church. So of the Thessalonians, so the location in Thessalonica, modern-day Greece, in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we just, the gathering, it's so important. If I learned anything about 2020, about my convictions, about how important it is for us to, to gather with one another. Like the, the church is the, not the building, like I'm standing in a building that's owned by the church, uh, but really the, the church, the congregation is, is us when we gather together. And, and I'm so grateful for 2020. I will never take gathering as a body for granted again. Um, in, in my life, and I know many that are, like I'm sure you all who are watching, and, I, and my assumption is that you're longing for the gathering and being with the saints um, t- together. Uh, we see here grace to you in verse 2, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is sort of a, it's, it's just a very common greeting that, that Paul gives. So grace to you. This is um, unmerited favor of God, that God gives us things that we don't deserve, that we haven't earned. Um, we need God's grace just t- terribly. All the time we, we need his grace. We we need it for salvation, we need it to live by, and we need to sort of live it out with others. We had the honor this week, or uh, the Mannings, uh, the missionary family that we support, they, they came to town briefly to see Josh's dad, who's in San Diego, and they came by our house, and we, we had an afternoon just to spend with them. And, um, and when we were talking, just sort of reflecting on 2020 and just hearing about what God has done in their life and what God has done at Grace Point Church, um, and they do, before I forget, they send their greetings to all of us here. They wish they could have been here just to see us in person and just they, if they had more time, but they, they couldn't do that. Um, but, but Heidi started sharing about you know, the importance of receiving grace daily and uh, that the Christian life is 
so marked by receiving the, the grace of God. And as we receive the grace of God, it changes our perception of things and how we treat other people and just seeing the world around us. And she kind of was commenting on a church that doesn't have a leadership team that has experienced the grace of God or walks in the grace of God. It doesn't necessarily go out to the people. And then you, then you have a congregation that um, there's they're sort of a sterileness and a deadness um, because without God's grace really impacting individuals, it doesn't exist then to, to pour out into other people's lives. And we see this in, in the Pharisees' lives. We see this in modern-day Pharisees who can you know, externally have all of the, the trappings of like what a, what a you know, quote-unquote good Christian looks like, but then as you spend time and sort of press and sort of get to know them, it's really not there. And the missing ingredient is God's grace. And so Paul prays that God's grace and his peace would, that they would experience it, that they would continue to get more of it. Um, We can only receive peace from God. The world cannot give us peace. Um, A vaccine cannot give us peace. Um, Scientists can't give us peace. The news can't give us peace. Politicians can't give us peace. Your job can't give you peace. Only God has the capacity to give you peace. And so here we have the church in Thessalonica. They've, um, they've just gone through like a terrible time. Ever since Paul came into town, ever since they received Christ, their community turned against them and the afflictions and the persecutions just ramped up against them. They were getting beat up. They were... Um, being beat down, and uh, they, they were really uh, these. They were in a place where they they really could have gone off course, and the false teachers saw this. And as they came in, sort of pretending to come under Paul's authority, they were taking advantage of this church to, to lead them astray. And so Paul needed to address this, but he doesn't. Starting at verse three, he doesn't really go after this point right away. Like he's going to get right into it, but first he's going to observe some things that he's, he's thankful for, and he's going to give thanks to God for this body, and he's going to see the good that they did. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom in this. So if you ever have like a criticism of somebody or a child, or you're coaching or mentoring, um, like I, for me, I, like I tend to be a direct person, and I've learned over the years to try to come in with like the, a positive aspect and then address the problem and then kind of come back to the positive and sort of how can you, we move forward in a positive way. Um, it's something that I think that we can uh, learn from. And so as we get to verse 3, he points out a couple of, of things. He says, we ought to give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters. And so Paul begins with gratitude. He, he reminds himself that, that he needs to give thanks to God. Um, I've kind of been going through the the new American Standard. There's a 2020 edition. And so my notes, I've been using that. And then I have my old one. He says in, in, the, in the new American Standard 1995 edition, he says, we ought to, we ought always to give thanks to God for you. And so he's, he's reminding himself, this is that this missionary team, that the leadership, they need to give thanks to God 
for this young church in Thessalonica. Um, I don't think we can ever overdo this point. Uh, part of being a Christian is to, to give thanks. This is a, a spiritual discipline that we truly need to embrace, that we would have the discipline, to, the discipline of gratitude within our lives. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything to give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, Paul thought it, he lived it, and he, he taught it. And so like Paul, I, in my own life, wanna, wanna, my, I want my life to be marked with gratitude. In 2021, as we start out this year, I really want to be disciplined about uh, being a thankful person and not, not getting off course by all the stuff and junk that I'm, I'm, like you see out on media, social media, the news. And I really, truly am trying to, this year, uh, to try to put more of uh, God in, into my life, into my heart, and not to get sort of a caught up in all of the, the things of this world, which so quickly lead to like discontentment and dissatisfaction and frustration. And so I want to be a person that gives thanks to God. He continues and he says, as is only fitting because your faith is increasing abundantly. So, so he says it is only uh, f- fitting and so this, this idea of only fitting, fitting it's, it's a Greek word, axios, where, uh, where we get axiom from, sort of like the you know, axiom, if, if this is something, then if they're equal, they, ha- they kind of like counterbalance each other, that if one thing is a fact, then the, the, the other thing that's equal has to be a fact also. And so it can be translated um, worthy or deserving. And so he's saying... As it is only fitting, like what's he talking about? It, he's, he's talking about, he's linking that his, we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters. So that's the one, the, the one hand. So why is he have to always uh, give thanks to God for them? Well, the, the counterbalance on the other side is because your faith is increasing abundantly. And so Paul, every report he hears is that their faith, their trust in God, the, the trusting God for their, in the midst of their circumstances, in the midst of the affliction and persecution that they were facing, they still longed for Christ. And, and they, their longing for Christ was not going to be shaken by the things that the world um, was going to throw at them. This is another prayer. So prayer number one for Gunner and for our body is that we would be grateful people, people and that I would be a grateful person. My second prayer is that my faith this year would grow and thrive. And so I'm going to do this personally by a, a couple of ways. I'm going, to, I'm going to cut out some things in my life. I'm going to reduce some things in my life. I'm going to increase the consumption of the Word of God in my life. I'm going to increase uh, just the things that I'm putting into my heart, soul, and mind. Uh, I am so grateful for last year because last year really did light a fire for God with, within my own life, within my family's life, within our congregation's life. Um, I, I, I fear that as things let up that we begin to grow apathetic or sort of 
not just not caring about what God is doing in our life, not desiring Him, to be away from the body of Christ, to be separated in the way that this part of our church that I'm speaking to here on the video, there's great danger in that you sort of drift away because you're not connected to the body. And so uh, we're at the beginning of a year, and it's a, it's a good time, I think, to, to, you know, to reevaluate where, uh, where you are with God and what things are keeping you away from Him and what things can you uh, do to increase your faith and your relationship with Him? What are things in your life that are, that, are, that are hindrances to your relationship with God? And so there are, there are things that will, that will be different for each one of us, but I do think that there's a, a, a need for each of us to evaluate these things. And so I personally, I want my faith to abound this year. I want the faith of the people of Grace Point Church to, to thrive as it was thriving uh, during this time. He goes on to say, and the love that each one of you, the, and the love of each and every one of you toward one another grows ever greater. And so if the umbrella of thought that we began with is that, that Paul ought to give thanks to God for them, we see that they have a, a growing and vibrant faith. We also see here that they also have this this growing love within them that, that manifests itself towards each other within the body of Christ. Um, I wonder, is this love that they have, is this something that is uh, born of God? Is it something that God gives to them? Or is it something that is developed? And I think that the truth is it's probably a little bit of both. I think that when we encounter the love of God through Christ and we receive him as our Savior, we recognize the mercy that he had in our life, and that he took the wrath that was due us, that he pours out his grace on us, this, this wonderful grace that we don't deserve. And, and then we begin to, to sort of experience how he loves us. It changes, it changes us. And so I think he gives us this experience of his love, but then we have the opportunity to, to practice, to live out this love that we've received in tangible ways with those around us. And so I think that it's born of God, and then we have this responsibility to, to live it out and to put it to use. And so I see that through this short little four verses, my, my prayer list and my desire just keeps increasing. I want to be a grateful person in 2021. I, wanna, I want to just just to see the things around me, whether good or bad, and to be able to thank God for them. For he is sovereign and nothing has slipped by him. And so every uh, circumstance that comes my way, it, it, it's not an oversight on his part. And so I want to really, truly to be able to live 2021 in a way that I'm grateful for the Lord, uh, which requires my faith to grow, to trust him that for the good times and the, more importantly, the, the difficult times, the struggles in our life, that, that I would truly um, be able to, to trust him and to have faith, to know that he's in control in this life and the next life and everything between here and there for me. I want to grow in love uh, for, my, for, my, for my family, for my church, for each one of you, for the people around me. I want to really, truly grow in love. 
I want to put an end to any sort of uh, bitterness and wrath. I wrote down resentment, jealousy, envy, anger, fear. These things I don't want to feed within my heart. I want to crucify them, and I want to uh, allow God's love to to fill uh, those areas in my life that I, that I am struggling with. And I, we all have our struggles in these areas. We pray that, that God would really grab a hold of us and it, allow us to experience uh, this in our lives. In verse 4, he says, As a result, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance your faith, and faith in the midst of all your persecution, persecutions and afflictions, which you endure. And so he, he recognizes that, that it hasn't been easy for these believers in Thessalonica. He, they, they've experienced both afflictions and persecutions. And I think afflictions are sort of difficult things that, that, that happen within our life. And then persecutions are things that happen intentionally sort of against us because of our position with Christ. And so they have affliction and persecution. We certainly this year or last year, in the last you know, year, there has been a lot of affliction that we have all gone through. Around the world, people have gone through affliction. Uh, some could argue that there's been some persecution, but in the midst of it for them, they, con- they continued to drive forward. They continued to press on, and that's uh, the, the perseverance or the endurance that Paul describes here they they continued to to focus on christ and to press forward Um, and paul says the missionary team the the short of this is they're they're proud of them he says that as we go about and we talk to other churches um, around and we hear about what 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 has happened in your lives he says he says we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for, for these things, that, that, that he, he, he's boasting upon them. I find it this year, you know, this, this year when I'm around my peers and fellow pastors and we sort of are talking about how um, our congregations have, have responded, you know, there's, there, are, there are a number of pastors who are a little bit discouraged about how things have unfolded. And it's easy to fall into that trap of like saying, yeah, you know, there's some, some people who have responded this way. There's some relationships that have, through COVID, have, uh, you know, ha- there's, there's tension there and, and there's strain and it hasn't necessarily been the most Christ-honoring. And, and so just seeing uh, across the board, just talking with my, my pastor buddies to, to hear there, there are real tensions out there and there, there are real strains that have occurred. But then once we get sort of through that process, we begin to say, you know what, but in the midst of this, these difficult things, there's been these rays of light and we've seen our congregations truly pull together and, and rally around sort of the cause for Christ and the determination of, of moving forward. It's it's been beautiful to see God work, and I really am so proud and grateful to be the pastor of this congregation that God has called me to. Um, I, I truly want to see what he's going to do in this upcoming year, and I'm thankful for the, the people that he has uh, brought into my life, and he's brought into the life of our congregation. And so here we are.
As I look at this passage, it's the introduction of Thessalonians. We're going to get into some stuff dealing with the day of the Lord, but this is the first Sunday following the new year. And the first thing I have in my, my sort of conclusion as we get ready for communion, that my very first thing that I've written down to, to remind myself on is in 2021, let's not worry about the things we, we cannot control. Um, I can't control whether or not I get coronavirus. You can lock yourself into a room. Things are airborne. You, you, like, you, can get, you can get coronavirus. You could drop dead of a heart attack. There's a whole bunch of things. Like, my life is in God's hands. He is sovereign. He's numbered my days. I can't control. I can't, I can't control. Like when God wants to take me, he can take me. If he doesn't want to take me, he's going to leave me. And so the things that are out of my control, I'm going to commit to like not worrying about the things that are out of my control. What, do I, what can I control? Well, I can grow in my faith. I can read through the Bible this year. I can stay in community. I can uh, nurture these relationships that are, that, are, that are brought together through our relationship in Christ. I can practice, and so can you. We can practice our love for one another in tangible ways. I think of the story of Jesus when the, when the scribe approaches Jesus and the, the young ruler, and he says, hey, what's the, what's the most important commandment in the whole of the Bible? And, and, and Jesus basically responds, or maybe the guy responded, depends on where you read the story. And he says, to love God and you know, to love others as yourself. And the one, the one story, Jesus says, you're, you're right, go and practice. Or, and I think maybe Jesus responded, and the guy said, hey, yeah, you're right. We know that the greatest commandments are to love God and to love others. And I, and I see that within this passage. And so my prayer for 2021 is that I would love God well and I would also love others well within our church and our community around us and that I would be just a, a man of integrity. And I, I pray the same thing for you. Maybe not a man of integrity if you're a woman, but a person of integrity. Um, every, every year at New Year's and around this time, we, there's a song that we as our family, we, we listen to it seems like quite a bit. A couple years ago, J.J. Heller wrote this song uh, this year, and, and it, it's a powerful song. It always kind of gets me choked up. I think the words are, are really well said, uh, and she sings this. So J.J. Heller in the song This Year, some of the lyrics go, This year, I'm not looking back to who I was because I'm going to be someone I've never been. This year, I'm not focused on the cracks in the walls not keeping track of all the times I fall this year. I can't wait to see what good will come to feel alive instead of feeling numb this year. I plan on thinking less of me, less of I and me. I resolve to think of us and we this year. So long to the last year, it's all becoming so clear. There's no use in living in regret, let's fight the good fight, train our eyes to find the light and to make this year the best one yet, starting right here. Happy New Year. She sings it way better than I, I, I read it. But when she sings it, there's just like the power in there of like resetting our, our goals and what we want to strive for. So much of that is, I, you know, I said we're going to end in communion. And so, so much of that is, wrapped up in the, in the communion, that, that our, um, 
Uh, like all of our goals, everything should be born out of our relationship with, with Jesus. Like he is center stage in my life, or I desire him to be in my prayers that he would be center stage in your life. When we, when we take communion, it, it's, a, it's a picture, it's a symbol, it reminds us of what he has done for us and what he continues to do for us. So the, the cracker, these little wafers, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a picture of his body that was broken for us, that the wrath of God was placed upon him for our sins and that he fully uh, absorbed it. He was a ransom for our sin and he paid it in full. The juice reminds us of... Uh, his blood that was shed for us and the new covenant that we have, this eternal covenant that Hebrews writes about. And so in him we have life. And as and, and ultimately what this is, it's, it's a picture of, of love. How much does God love you? He loved you this much that he would send his only son to die for you. And he offers eternal life to you by his grace alone. You simply respond in faith with, I believe. And then you give your life to him as an act of obedience. And so with that, we're going to pray, and then we're going to take communion. Father, we do thank you and praise you uh, for this day. We thank you for this new year. We thank you for the, the freshness and the, the newness that a new day brings. Uh, it's a time where we can evaluate our lives. We can take inventory of uh, the direction that we're going. And so, Father, I pray in my life as I read these first four verses of 2 Thessalonians, I pray, Lord, that you would just create in me a a spirit of gratitude. Uh, Lord, that I would be one who follows you in faith, that I would trust you more and more each day. Lord, I pray that as we encounter you this year, that you would help us to love one another well that we would be good neighbors, that we would be able to contribute within our body. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the work that Jesus did on the cross on our behalf. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to be sensitive to your voice. We're told that as often as we take communion, that we're to, uh, to confess our sins and to sort of restore our relationship with you. Uh, we're reminded that we have been placed here to be a witness for you. And so we ask, Lord, that you would uh, help us um, to shine the light of Christ all around us. Father, we do thank you for the broken body of Christ. We thank you for his blood, which has provided uh, salvation for us, uh, secure in him, not based on our own works. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Christ's good name. Amen.